Hi, Erica. How are you this evening? I am so excited to be here with you. Excellent. Well, I want to welcome um, my good friend here, Erica Rachel, uh, onto the podcast. This is Cocktail Cult. I think this is episode number like 14 or 13 or 12 or 15 or 17 or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. You people have been drinking a lot with me, so I don't expect you to remember the number either. Um, but Eric and I are going to do something really fun this evening. Um, this evening, actually, it's like 12, 15 a.m., so it's really morning. But be that as it may, um, we're going to do a Raid Your Pantry or Raid Your Liquor Cabinet um, podcast. And Erica is going to just pull out some randomness that she may have stashed away from a long time ago. Um, and we're just kind of kind of like go with the flow here. So this is going to be a unique and fun and interesting experience. And we um, are very happy to welcome you all to the podcast. Erica, what do you got for us here? Okay. Promise me right now that you will not make fun of me for what's in my cabinet. Uh, I <laughs> promise you that I will not make fun of you for what's in your cabinet on this forum, but in our in in our personal lives, I may you may get a a, a text that might not be the most savory. I can't, okay. but on this okay. forum, I promise I'll be kind. Okay, well then here's <laughs> here's what I ask. I ask that you would, then then if you're gonna do it. Just give it to me straight. Give it to me. Give it to me here. Give it all to me now. And um, and I will just I will take it. I will tell you one thing. I do have some things that I will not open right now. Like I do have a bottle of uh, Dom Perignon. Good for you. So that's not getting open. And I know there's something else probably like that that a friend gave me at a, at a gallery opening as a congratulations. But um, okay. I will. I would never ask somebody to open a bottle of Dom Perignon <laughs> unless I was present to partake in it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, cool. <laughs> well, it's vintage 2003, so I don't know if that that's, makes it any better or worse. Well, but. I mean, that's a, you know, that's an 18-year-old bottle of Dom Perignon. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely a, a, a fine vintage, uh, although I don't know that particular year, but I would assume it would be a fine vintage being that it's a, you know, it's quite old. It's older than the last couple of, well, all right, now I'm not going to get into that, but it's it's pretty old. Okay, well, so can I ask my first dumb question? There's no such thing as dumb questions. There's only dumb answers. So I'll be the one that's answering questions with dumb answers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is a what does a bottle like this even cost? Um, a normal like whatever the stock vintage that that's being released every year of Dom Perignon. I I honestly don't know at this point. Mm -hmm. Usually, Dom Perignon runs between five and six years old to be released. Um, oh. So we may be getting a 2017 right now, maybe a 2018, maybe hmm. again, it's been a while since I bought it, but okay. um, you know, it usually runs a couple of vintage years because it takes a long time to go through the process and yada, yada, yada. Um, but you can, if you're finding a deal, you probably get one for, I don't know, $140, um, if you're in an average liquor store, um, you know, especially here in New Jersey, you may, you may pay two twenty, two thirty. um, some of the older vintage ones or the larger format, um, that aren't, you know, 750 MLs, they can run, you know, upwards of, you know, a couple of thousand dollars and things of that nature. So, I mean, wow. at 2003, you might be looking at, um, you know, it, Again, depending on that vintage year, I would have to do. I would have to ref, uh, um, refer to my friend Google. Um, he tends <laughs> to know 
a lot of stuff. He's very learned. Um, so I would have to just, you know, refer to him to really give you a um, accurate uh, dissertation on what that bottle might be worth. But all right, cool. Well, it, can you give me Google's number? Because I'd love to connect with him after our podcast is over. It's www. <laughs> HTTP backsplash backsplash um, G O Yeah, whatever. At this point, it's 12 a.m. And I've been drinking scotch for a, a number of hours. So it's backsplashes instead of backslashes. I dig it. Um, backsplashes. Yeah, Does that, do we have to rate how the backsplash are we are we rating based on um, on a splash spread? Like how many people? What's the wet factor or something? Well, if it's a kitchen backsplash, yes. But if it's a bathroom <laughs> backsplash, then no. You know, we can just leave that one be. Okay. So Subway tile herringbone pattern, please? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that's nice. The herringbone's very nice. A little I bit more difficult like when you're tiling yourself. Um, but it is, it is quite nice. Do you really think so? I do. I just do the regular old, like, you know, nickel gap, you know, subway tile it just is easier it's really clean and i feel especially like the couple of flips that i've done fairly recently mm -hmm. i always felt like if i do the herringbone or i do some other kind of pattern it and they don't like it like i feel like mm -hmm. it's universal that somebody's just gonna like straight up subway tile you know so it's like yeah. you know it's a risk that you take when you're doing these things that you know, you're adding these elements that you really like that somebody else might not like. So, I mean, it really depends on on the a number of different things. And one is, you know, what the market is dictating at that point right now. If you're outside of a major city within an hour, the shit is selling for 1.5 of its actual value because of the mass exodus right now out of major metropolitan areas, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um but anyway, yeah. So either way, herringbone or regular old subway tile is good with me. Oh, well, if we start talking about renovations, which we totally could, we will never figure out what I'm drinking. So exactly. I'm just going to run through my very, very limited thing here. Okay. So I have uh, Tito's. I have... Okay. Uh, That's a staple. Yep. I have some 1800 silver tequila. That is uh Okay. That's that's also good, and that is the bottle. That's um, it's kind of a a a, a rectangular shape, but it slenders at the top. Um, mm -hmm. it's got a blue label. Yes, the, the cap is made of glass, and if you flip the bottle over, oh. you pour into the cap, and it's exactly one point five ounces, oh, I believe. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, but it's difficult cool. to, once you tip the bottle over pour the 1.5 ounces into the cap like how do you either take the cap off or take the bottle off without spilling something so like there was a yeah. it was a good concept but the execution of the concept just didn't quite work out because i've spilled like I, when that first came out i was like holy shit like that's that's stellar like i really like that feature and then um i spilt a bunch all over my my shirt and you know i was very embarrassed a few times but um, I believe, and don't quote me on this because I've had a couple of whiskeys, but I'm pretty sure that is um, Justin Timberlake is actually affiliated with that company. I know he's got some type of tequila company. I thought it was um, 1800, but I, I could be wrong. So hey, you know more about this yeah. than I do. I mean, I, he's just trying to bring sexy back. You know, I think he does it pretty well. He he definitely have, does it well. I'll give I have him a little bottle of uh, six grapes port. 
Graham's Port. Oh yeah, Graham's Six Grapes. Absolutely, it's fantastic. Is that open? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, a. Maybe six... I'll sip on that. Yeah. So so um, there's a couple of different kinds of ports. You have tawny ports, um, which tend to be a little bit more raisiny and vanilla oriented, uh, especially the Graham's Six Grapes um, is a ruby port. Uh, if I remember mm. correctly, and it's a little brighter, it's a little bit more cheery, um, it's a little bit more fruit forward. Um, that might be something that you would like um, if you like more of a fruit forward kind of cocktail. It actually mixes quite well um, in cocktails. Uh, you can oh. use it with like a whiskey instead of like vermouth in like a Manhattan, so to speak. You can use port wine instead because it adds that sweetness. Um, that the vermouth would add and it's really just quite lovely it just adds like kind of like layers of flavors that a regular vermouth might not add so that's always a good that's thing cool. to have yeah interesting see i'm learning all these things that i never would have learned I i'm gonna have to go back and listen to this podcast <laughs> i was expecting you to be like um i've got like peach schnapps and like uh this, oh no we haven't gotten to this the like yet. this like gold <laughs> golden schlager um, you know, so no, you've got some, some great stuff so far. So we're, okay. this is me clapping my hands and saying kudos. Thank you. I have uh, Grand Marnier. Also Grand a, a staple in, uh, in it, what should be in every household. So you really all, drink uh, all the listeners out there, if you don't have a bottle of Grand Marnier in your house, you should buy a bottle of Grand Marnier because it's wonderful to drink after dinner. Um, it's wonderful to mix into cocktails. Um, my dad put it over ice cream. You can do it over ice cream. Um, you can warm it up in a glass. You can drink it on ice. It's just a, a really well-rounded, well-balanced um, liqueur. Um, it's a, a very famous household that's been around for many, many generations. They own that a couple of know. really awesome vineyards as well um, in South America that they produce some really top-notch stuff. So it's a really it's a it's a tried and true house that um, you know they've been they they've they've outlasted the test of time so to speak well it was my dad's brand so i would definitely agree with that without knowing anything um we're just gonna skip right past these little shot single shot bottles of fireball that someone left well, here. i mean there's a time and place for fireball <laughs> usually it's like a frat party or yeah you know if i'm on a chairlift with someone and that's like the only thing that they're offering you know that's okay Okay, and the other thing I have, uh, Boggs cherry liqueur. Okay. This, I, this doesn't feel so impressive, but I mean, right, there's a so, couple of really different. Uh, there, I mean, there's a number of different cherry liqueurs, so you know, there's it, and it runs the gamut too, because you could have something like Luxardo Maraschino liqueur that's made from that, cherries, but it's actually dry and it's mm. clear. Um, and it's more like a German style uh, Kirschwasser, which is also a, a cherry liqueur that when you drink it, you don't taste cherries. You taste actually a little bit of bitterness um, huh. and it mixes quite well with a, a number of different cocktails or it's drank after dinner as kind of a, like a digestive where really? it kind of helps break down some of the proteins that you've just eaten. And if you're like a big full stomach, you'll kind of sip it and it kind of helps uh, aid your digestion. So, you know, alcohol during the, you know, the eating process, different subs, different types of alcohol are consumed at different times for specific reasons, you know, more 
you know, science geeks and nutritionists can explain it than I can. I'm just speaking straight from the, you know, I drink too much, um, you know, function al- alcoholic side. So, well, I would love to learn more about that because the truth is that I, I've heard that you shouldn't eat fruit after eating your meal because it will basically ferment what you've eaten. So what you're saying is that there are people who've consumed fermented. Well, wait a second. I'm thinking about kimchi now. Yeah. I'm blowing my own mind on this one. Okay. Moving on. Um, <laughs> and I have a tiny little, <laughs> I have a tiny little bottle of rum chata. Rum chata is fantastic. I mean, so, you know, there, I, I, it's not an everyday drinker, but you know, when you want something a little sweeter and something a little bit, um, with a little bit more sass, that's definitely something that you could pull out and, you know, pour over a couple of ice cubes and, and enjoy, you know, in front of a fireplace while, uh, engrossed in a good novel or, you know, Mm. while, you know, scribing on a, on a parchment or, you know, dabbling with some oil paints on a canvas. So, yes, yeah, I'm all for that. Well, can I, be honest with you about what I usually put the rum chata in. I think you can be, and it's probably like coffee or um, warm milk. Warm milk, yeah, that works. Sure. <laughs> My mom used to <laughs> religiously. Anytime I had any kind of ailment, I could be like, "Mom, it's like you ever see the Chris Rock um, skit that is like, you know, like anything was like Robitussin. Like, oh, Daddy, I broke my arm. Tussin, give, give him the tussin. Mm-hmm. Daddy, I got cancer. Mm-hmm. Tussin." It was like my mom was like warm milk and honey. Like I broke, yeah. I, 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 you know, I kicked my brother's leg so hard my foot hurts. Here's warm milk and honey. Uh, my oh my ear God. hurts. Warm milk and honey. My stomach hurts. Warm milk and honey. Like that was it. That was my go-to. Um, so yeah, I mean, warm milk and and some kind of a sweetener is a fantastic combination. I don't particularly drink milk anymore from from a dairy animal any longer but you know mm. it could be almond milk or it could be whatever other kind of vegan or frou things that are out there now that i probably don't even know about well if i were to add that to milk tonight what i would be heating up is uh some plant-based ripple have you are you familiar with ripple um the only ripple that i'm familiar with is a cryptocurrency that's currently trading on coinbase um, so no, I don't know, um, what the, uh, drinkable ripple is, so to speak. Ripple is a pea protein blend. It's, it's a, uh, nutritious and delicious plant-based milk. Okay. Don't ask me to tell you much more. Cause I would literally just be reading the, uh, the carton here, but it's soy free, nut free, gluten free, lactose free. Is it flavor free? Um, (laughs) it depends on which one you get. I like original. I don't like added sweeteners to my fake milks. So I tend to go with the ones that are no sugar or low sugar or, but I do like vanilla. I like vanilla added to some of these things. So, um, what are you charging me with drinking right now? Well, what should I drink? Well, are you warming milk up and you want to add some type of substance to that warm milk? Or... I could do that. I could also just sip this little bottle as is or, you know, open up the little port. Yeah, Whatever. I mean, um, based on the substances that you described to me, um, there's definitely some possibilities. Um, certainly could make a cocktail. Um, do you have any citrus on hand? Oh, I... 
I have a lemon. Okay. So typically the three main components in a well-balanced cocktail are alcohol of some kind, mm-hmm. base spirit, um, something that gives the cocktail a little bit of oomph. Um, hence, you know, overproof or, or proof is 80 proof is the normal proof. Something overproof you'll use a little bit less of, um, you know, citrus. So it could be grapefruit. It could be lemon. It could be lime. It could be um, yuzu. It could be, you know, a multi- orange. orange. It could be a multitude of different things. Um, and then the third is some kind of a, a sweet, a balance of sweetness. Um, so you could have sugar, you could have honey, you could have agave, you could have maple syrup, you could have anything that's got some kind of a sugar quality to it. Um, and then if you want to delve into like adding again, layers of flavors, you'll use some kind of an aromatic, whether it's an herb Mm. like rosemary or mint or thyme or chervil or whatever else. There's a ton, ton of them available. Or you'll use some kind of an aromatic bitter. So bitters are something that's a heavy, heavily concentrated liquid substance, like what you would consider like an elixir. Um, oh, got is it. like okay. a bitter and you can get them for like 10 bucks a bottle and you will take the cap off and use like two or three little shakes. And it just adds a, 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 like layers of flavors because it's a very heavily concentrated uh, liquid substance that has roots and herbs that have been infused into this that are like super potent so like if you wanted to like saute brussels sprouts um you add salt and pepper and you could take a couple of shakes of bitters in there and you're adding all these other elements into it it could be the bitters could be made from like wormwood and rose hips and um gentian root and a bunch of other things um, and again, you're just like the littlest bit can add so much flavor to something because it's so heavily concentrated. Um, okay. And like All right. cool. bitters are a lot of them are like if you take like they're tried and true, like what everybody normally uses is Angostura bitters, um, which are made in Trinidad for many, many, many years. Um, they're like 80 proof, but you can buy it at ShopRite in Clinton because no one is going to open a bottle of Angostura bitters and start drinking it to get drunk off of it because Whoa. your body would just eat like it would reject that that type of that that much of something that's so heavily concentrated. I um, wish you could see my face right now. I have this like weird scowl, confused, like shocked. Uh-huh. Oh, my God, because I, I don't know anything about this stuff. Well, and that's why we're, you know, we're having this. Um, you know, late night night discussion. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Well, I think, let me open up this port and smell it. Is that a weird thing to do? No, you want to always smell because think about it this way. Your sense of smell is like 80% your sense of taste. Like, Mm. like when you have a cold or if you have COVID and you can't Mm, smell anything, well, and bless you that you're over it. Like if you (laughs) can't smell anything, you can't taste anything. So smelling things is like that should be the start of getting your taste buds ready to actually taste something. So like mm-hmm. smell everything. I know it's like weird and like, you know, like no one wants to look like Joe Biden just going around sniffing everything. Um, <laughs> I know not to get political. Ha ha ha. It was just kind of a little dig in there. And again, I'm not a Biden fan. I'm not a Trump fan. I'm just oh, somewhere in the middle there. Um, but, you know, yeah, smell everything. 
Like smell herbs, well, smell liquor, <coughs> smell smell <coughs> fish when you take it out, smell meat, smell fucking smell it. If you're not, if you can't smell, oh, the cough was what you smelt the pork. <laughs> no, I tasted the pork. And? Um. Okay, so um, disclosure: I did have a little tiny taste of the rum chata first because I couldn't <laughs> smell it as strongly. So, but okay. I know I like the taste of that. But usually, when I have a taste of that. I'm getting, because I like things that are creamy. So I'm getting the creaminess. Of the rum chata. Yes. But it's just very thick, you know, and I don't really want something super thick. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, let me go back to the port. So the port is the right consistency. It's like the. the Slightly, the... slightly velvety. It's got yes. a nice viscosity that kind of sits on your tongue. Yes. It's kind of like. It, it'll like dance with your taste buds a bit because it's not just going to like, it's not like you're just like pounding it down and you're just like guzzling something like you would water or like a Coors Light or something, you know. How do you know what's happening over here so well? I don't. I mean, because I've drank a lot of port before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what's happening. And then it it hits a little bit. You know, there's that almost tanginess. Like yeah, the, like a tactile, I mean, uh, like pinching sensation where you're like, ooh. Yeah, that comes usually from the tannins. Um, mm. uh, like uh, something that's tannic is uh, because there's some bitterness in the actual skins of the grape. So yeah. bitters, bitters, right. Yeah, so it's a little bit of a pinching sensation where you're like, ooh, and it's it, it almost, it makes your mouth water a little bit more and it almost mm -hmm. feels like there's a little like citrusy note to it. Yep, I got some pucker going on. Yeah, even though, I, you know, and that's that's like, that's juicy fruit, not the gum, but like, that's like, think about it when you bite into like a strawberry, like a fresh strawberry. Like Were you mouth, a 90s kid? Your mouth, yeah, exactly. Um, double mint, <laughs> double mint gum, like with the two hot swans in the pool and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yes. So but, what can I, is it, you were saying that this could be kind of used and mixed with some things. Is there something I can mix that will have it be still enjoyable, but not so pucker? Yeah. So it, you said you have lemon, correct? Mm -hmm. So yes. if you take uh, half a lemon and you squeeze it into a glass. Remove okay. the remove the 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 seeds if possible, and okay. squeeze. You know, I'd cut it into into a half into a half, so basically a quarter, and squeeze. It's so it funny, this is like a drinking show, but it's turned into a cooking show. Well, hey, I mean, they're 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 basically the same thing. Only, you know, behind the bar, you're you're mixing just liquids, and in the kitchen, you're mixing with solids as well, but. I mean, you're just adding, you're just combining flavor profiles together. So they're yeah. very much the flying same. pits halfway across my kitchen. Yeah. So, okay. So a half a lemon. You're going to get your Tito's out. And oh, yeah, we're, we're gonna, getting real fancy. Yeah. Now. We're going to okay. have a base. We're going to have a little bit of a base. I'm getting my lemon juicer here. This is like one of those really cool glass round ones where it's got the little twisty thing at the top. I mean, they all have some kind of twisty thing, but you know, it's like one of those 1970s, maybe even 1950s nice. versions of one where you got to put all that elbow grease into it. Yeah. I mean, that's, you got to put a little work in, you know, you got to break yeah. a sweat and then you appreciate the product even more. All right. So squeeze the lemon in there all right. and then you're going to get the Tito's 
and uh, I don't know if you've got so uh, bartenders or at home bartenders or you know industry professionals, whatever you want to call them, um, they'll have something called a jigger, J I G G E R, and essentially. A industry standard jigger is one side of it is two ounces and one side of it is one ounce. If you don't have one, you could essentially open that bottle of Tito's and tip it so it's at a 90 degree angle and then uh, tilt it a little bit and you'll go like one, two and you'll get like a couple of good splashes and that'll probably okay. be about an ounce and a half. And that's basically okay. what we want to use as the base. Okay, done. So now, I'm gonna get fucked up. Well, I mean, uh, maybe a little buzz. So now, oh yeah. Now you want it, whatever. <laughs> now you've got lemon juice and vodka in a glass, correct? Oh, I haven't poured the lemon juice in yet. Okay, okay. Put the lemon juice in there. in there, and then I want you to smell it, and I want to. I want you to tell me what you smell. Okay. I, it's yeah. going to be fairly okay. simple because there's only two things in there, but. Uh, again, this is uh, the the learning exercise to, um, you know, being able to smell a cocktail when there's a multitude of ingredients in there and being able to identify what's in it. Okay. I'm still trying to make sure I don't get my seeds in here. Okay. So if they're in there, it's not the end of the world. Until I choke on one. I mean, I promise you that if you swallow one of those seeds, you won't have a lemon tree growing in your belly. I'm not going to have a lemon baby? No. I mean, believe me, because I've tried to have many, many gum babies, and I've never had one. All right? Okay. No watermelons? Okay. I thought I could get a big league chew baby growing in my belly when I was like eight, but it just never happened. Aww. Yeah, I know. It's one of... You wanted to have a big baseball baby. Yeah, the, the purple uh, grape kind, though. It was... You know, this kind of smells like antiseptic. Well, that's vodka is a neutral grain spirit. So vodka is essentially it has flavor, but it, it is essentially flavorless, um, you know, liquor that is you you essentially distill the flavor out of whatever you fermented and, and are making vodka out of, whether it's potato, whether it's grain, whether it's grapes, you know, you just distill it enough where there's no flavor. But vodka does inherently have some flavor. Tito's is made from mm. grain. So it's mm. you're drinking a neutral grain spirit. It's gluten-free. Anything that runs through a still is gluten-free. doesn't have to say it on the fucking bottle like Tito's does. And they're like, oh, we're gluten-free vodka. All vodka is <laughs> gluten-free. All whiskey is gluten-free. It doesn't matter what it's distilled from. Once it goes through a still, it's gluten-free. Rant over. Um, All right. So now you've got Tito's and you've got lemon juice in a glass. Yes. So the next thing that you want to do now, you have base spirit and now you've got citrus, right? Yes. So now what's the third component in a well-balanced cocktail? Some sweetness, right? Yes. Now, the, the bottles that you've presented to me, essentially, you've got two that I know right away. Well, three, but we're going to leave the rum chata because you've already drank some of that. So we've got <laughs> port wine that you mm -hmm. tasted that has a little sweetness mm -hmm. in it, correct? Yes. But it's also got that like slightly bitterness, that tactile sensation, a little like citrus pungent, like like pucker, like that ripe, juicy, ripe fruit, like biting into a fresh strawberry. Yeah. Well, you also have Grand Marnier. 
And Grand Marnier, yes. again, is a, is a wonderful substance that is... Um, I'm going to get that out and smell it. Yeah. So what you're going <laughs> to smell is um, burnt orange and some spice. So Grand Marnier is, is a wonderful sweetener, but it isn't sweet enough that it can carry the, the sweetness level that you might need all on its own. Normally, you know, like you want to make like a high end, like what's called a Cadillac margarita. You're going to make your regular old margarita, which really should be made from tequila, Blanco tequila, um, triple sec or Cointreau um, lime juice. That's really that's all that's in it. Not your bastardized, you know, margarita mix horse shit, you know, that you get in the store. And then if you want to add another layer on top of that, you'll add like a half an ounce of Grand Marnier. So Grand Marnier is lovely because it's got, it's got a good amount of sweetness to it, but it also has that like inherent, like spicy backdrop and then that burnt orange flavor. So I'm going back to smelling it. in the cocktail that you're making right now, you could mm-hmm. add probably a half an ounce to three quarters of an ounce of that Grand Marnier to your vodka and lemon mixture. Now you're adding again, the burnt orange, which will pair well with the lemon the spiciness uh-huh. will pair well with the lemon. And then again, you, your base spirit is now a neutral because it's vodka. So it doesn't, you don't have to try and, and pair the citrus and the sweetness to the vodka because you're starting with a blank palate. It's like, it's like think about hmm. like the citrus as the color red and the sweetness as the color purple. Now you're adding that to a literal blank canvas. Like it's gessoed white and, and now you're adding color to it. And that's basically okay. what the I'm vodka is. I'm starting to get is. it. I'm starting because to get the it. Vodka yeah. is that, that freshly dried white gessoed canvas. You know, there's something there, but it's not anything there that you can like, Hey, here, here you go. Take a look at this. Yeah. Like you'd never, you'd never present a painting to somebody that's just white gesso. I mean, right, you need, right. you need something, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you add about a half an ounce or, or, I mean, you could tilt the bottle at a 90 degree angle and kind of go like splash. That's probably about a half an ounce. Again. That's about what I did. Yeah. So now smell, now smell what's in the, in the glass. Now it's much more balanced. Yeah, so now there's there's a couple of things going on. You probably smell the citrus still, right? Mm-hmm. Now you can still smell that underlying astringency from the vodka itself because it is an 80 proof neutral spirit. So like that rubbing alcohol like kind of smell is still present. Only now you have your 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 height your um um you're building on top of that with citrus and then that burnt orange and that spicy, not spicy heat, but spicy like baking spice kind of um, element with the Grand Marnier. Yeah. It's gone from being like a Clorox to one of my organic cleaners. Yeah. Well, and that's a good that thing. It's, nice. it's like, yeah, it's like smells like if Myers uh, made like a burnt orange, like hand soap, that's probably what it would smell exactly. like. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, the only thing that I could think that you might want to put in there based on what you described to me is a, like a, a little, and again, you would have to taste that cherry liqueur 
and tell me if that cherry liqueur is sweet or it is not sweet. My thought, I can do my that. thought is that it's got some sweetness to it. And you'll probably want to do about a half an ounce to three quarters of an ounce of that cherry liqueur in over the top of the citrus, <clears throat> vodka, and Grand Marnier. Let's see. If it's not sweet, we got to go back to the drawing board because I don't want to add that bitterness to it. I think it still needs just a little bit more sweetness. Based on the fact you put about three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice in, you've got an ounce and a half of vodka, and you've... It's basically like cough syrup. So it's sweet. Yeah. Okay. So um, what, what kind of enclosure does it have? Is it a screw cap? Yes. So you would probably, if you poured it into the screw cap, you would, you would want to slightly overfill the screw cap, and that's how much you'd want to pour into the drink. Oh, got it. Okay. Which is probably about a half an ounce. And then you're gonna you want to add ice, and you want to either stir your cocktail, or you want to shake your cocktail, uh, depending if you have got a cocktail shaker or not. Either way, I got rid of my cocktail shaker. That's fine. So yes. you can just take a regular old spoon or an iced teaspoon or something, and put ice in that and stir the shit out of it. I always go counterclockwise, but you could go clockwise if you want. And you want to stir it until all those liquids have now are are they're bonding on a an, a literal molecular level, which is like super science, you know, which is really pretty cool. Um, you know, those substances are now becoming one substance. Um, and now the ice is bringing the temperature down. If you're also getting a little bit of a dilution from the ice because it's it's slightly melting. So that mm. actually helps kind of round the drink out as well. Really? I didn't realize that ice actually had this much of a purpose in a drink. Yeah, and it's funny because depending on the kind of drink, you want different kinds of ice. Like you could have crushed ice. You could have what's called cobbler ice, which is essentially you put it in a canvas bag and you pulverize it but it ends up being like little round pellets, like a cobblestone street. Um, you could have big format ice or large format ice, which are made in like big, like ice trays. Those look cool. Yeah. And I mean, you could, a drink never looks bad with one of those. In well, there. that's the whole thing. And the idea behind those is there's less surface area of ice to water your drink down, but you get the maximum amount of, um, of ice in order to cool your drink down to the proper temperature because like alcohol obviously has a heat like a, a like a heatness or a hotness behind it but that hotness isn't the temperature of the alcohol essentially it's because mm -hmm. you're drinking something that's 60 70 80 90 proof or you know uh, so it's more of a chemical, well, chemical reaction. Exactly. A, I mean, if your yeah. esophagus is burning because you're swallowing alcohol, it's either A, because it, you're not, you, you don't drink a lot of alcohol, B, it's not a quality spirit, or C, because it's over 80 proof. So oh, the ice, understood. So the ice, when it melts down, it ends up, it ends up lowering the proof of the alcohol. Because when you're distilling alcohol, and you're running alcohol through a still, you've essentially got a big pot and a, a chamber on top of it. 
So when you put your mash, which is essentially the exact same as making, making beer. So Mm -hmm. you've got a slightly fermented substance that's been in a bucket or whatever it may be. All right. And then you put it in your still and you heat the underside of the still and alcohol starts burning off before water does water boils at 212 degrees alcohol starts burning off at around 168 degrees so i'm trying to picture all this well if you think about what a still looks like it's a big round bottom and then what's called a pot still is the onion top because it kind of looks like an onion and then there's a funnel on the top that that then like kind of works its way to the right or to the left and then there's a spirally looking thing, which is called your condenser. Mm-hmm. So the process is you're heating up your mash. The alcohol, liquid alcohol is turning to vapor, right? And then okay. your vapor is going up through the onion and then into your con- 